Thank you for joining me on episode 67 of the Unique On Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to victor in Christ Jesus. And today, wife, mother, speaker, author, and coach Kay Hall of Kay Hall Ministries joins us as she shares a very controversial topic in today's world, and that is her post-abortion story. It is so important for us as Christians to be listening to both sides, and especially to women who have gone through abortions so we can understand them and we can love them the way God intends us to love them. So take a listen as Kay shares her story about living beyond the hidden veil of shame. Welcome back to the Unique on a Purpose podcast. Rachel Gentleman sitting in with Kay Hall. And Kay, thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you for asking I, me. I, I know that this is this is not just a touchy subject in our culture today, but it's going to be a little bit hard for you because you've lived it. And I think that's why I wanted to chat with you. We can go all day long talking about abortion and our opinions, but sometimes... Actually, I think most of the time it's best to get a person's perspective who has actually gone through it. Mm, and good. what I appreciate about you is that you're willing to talk about it. There are a lot of people out there that are not willing to to have the conversation and a lot of people that are living in pain and are not willing to have the conversation. So I really appreciate your life, your testimony, the fact that you're saying, hey, this is something that I did. And this is how God set me free. This is how God brought me closer to him through it. And this is how I'm helping people. So just thank you for being here. So I am here with Kay Hall, wife, mom, author, coach, and speaker from Kay Hall Ministries, Traverse City. You are also the author of Beyond the Hidden Veil of Shame, One Woman's Post-Abortion Journey to... uh, to a settled and peaceful heart. And we're going to talk about the book in a little bit. And we're also going to talk about something exciting. So you'll have to stick around to hear what the exciting thing is. But let's just dive into it. We're just we're just going to cut out the the, you know, the sugar and just tell me your story. So first of all, thank you. Thank you for letting me speak this story the thing that I want to head up everything with is you're right. We could talk about the pros and the cons and the, the, the political part of it, but that's not what this is all about. Right. For me, what it's all about is the message that God has given me for forgiveness, grace, and Mm. redemption. That in and of itself is the only reason I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm not taking a political stand on anything. Oftentimes I have people ask me, yeah, what is it? Where are you at? And I, where I'm at is I have a message mm. and the message is forgiveness, grace and redemption. And that's as far as I take it. Mm-hmm. But my story happened many, many, many years ago. And I questions of why did I do it? What did I feel when I was going through this? That's like dragging up a lot. And mm-hmm. so I had to do that. God really set me down and said, okay, I, I need to talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. The book came about because of all of that, because of all the healing that I had gone through and I felt that I wanted to pass that on. Yeah. When I went through the abortion, the day of the abortion, I was already into the next day. I didn't even realize what that day was all about. Mm-hmm. The coldness of it, the 
the scariness of it, the the choice that I had made, I hadn't. I had to block all of that out to get through that day. And so <clears throat> once I was on the other side of it, it was easy to just block everything out and move about my day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about, is this something right or wrong that I'm doing? It was something that I just felt was my only option mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, That was it. That's all I could do. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any support. So I had to move away from that thinking that somebody would be there to help me with it. And so then I just decided that, okay, that's over with. Life's going on and and we'll move on from here. Mm-hmm. Met my husband. We got, had a wonderful, we have a wonderful marriage and went through life going to retreats and, and finally finding a relationship with Jesus that mm-hmm. was so amazing. I had a good friend um, sitting on my back porch and he started talking about this relationship with Jesus. And I'm going, what are you talking about? Yeah. I grew up in a, um, a religion that that wasn't, you know, you didn't have that personal relationship. Mm-hmm. You knew who God was. You knew who Jesus was. And and a lot of the other people that are involved in that. But you didn't have that personal relationship. So anyway, as he's telling me his story, I'm going, well, what are you? Tell me more about this. And he invited me to come to church. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm familiar with church. It wasn't any big deal. But I wasn't familiar with the type of church that I was going to be going to. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I happen to be going to that church again now okay. after all these years. Mm-hmm. So we went there and I met some wonderful people. And th- that started to chip away at that wall that was there that I was hiding behind, that veil of shame that I speak about, that I was hiding behind. So over a period of time, I got more involved and more involved and closer to God, and I still was ignoring what really needed to be the issue. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of women end up. They get involved, but they don't go deep because that's. let's just put that aside. Let's just put that back there. Mm -hmm. But it'll always come back to you. It'll mm-hmm. always come back. There are there are triggers that will bring that whole feeling back to you. Mm-hmm. So I went to this retreat, and and one of the things that people ask me about is this playground that I speak of. And I went to this retreat, and I said to God, I said, you know, I I need to know where my sin lies. I need to know what how you look at my life right now. And He showed me this awful, awful playground. There was no grass. It was dirt. The The fences were all broken down. The toys were all rusted. There was no sun. There was no children. It was just a real sad, sad life. And he said, I want you to take a real good look at that because mm-hmm. that's where you've been. That's where you've kept yourself in that shame is in that playground. And so throughout the retreat, I went back to it and I said, you know, how do I get, how do I get away from that playground? How do I move past that? Or how do I rebuild that? Mm -hmm. And he clearly said, you're not going to rebuild it. I am. Mm. And as he's giving me this message in my heart, I'm seeing that he's in that playground rejuvenating the toys and the grass is starting to grow. And he said, you know, what has to happen is forgiveness. And all you have to do, okay, is ask for it. Mm. 
Hmm. And that's where it all started. That mm-hmm. was my journey back. But did you know at that point that it was that God was talking about the abortion? Did you? I think he was talking about my lifestyle, Just, which led to that. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he was giving me, he was giving me indication that I was a hot mess mm. and I needed okay. to get right with him. Mm-hmm. And so the forgiveness came immediately. I mean, it was. You know, it was there. He he was, that's already yours, Kay. That's already yours. Mm-hmm. The grace part of it came afterwards as he watched, as he helped me grow through that pain and grow through the shame. His grace was filling that area. Where the shame was, his grace would fill it in. At that point, he pretty much said, it's time to write this down. It's time to move to the next level. And I said, no, <laughs> not going to, not going to. It's one thing that you and I know about this, right. but everybody but, else. So did your husband know? Did your kids know? My husband at the time, yes. Okay. It, it, who is my husband now, but not yeah. at the time. My kids did not. So when I wrote the book and before it was published, I had to go to each one of my children and say, uh... There's this part of me that you don't know about. How was that? If I could describe how God feels in real life, that was it. Because they graciously gave me grace. And each one of them said, we love you more than anything. And that doesn't matter, Mom. That doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. What matters is what you're doing with your life now. It was the most powerful thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think they realized how powerful it was. That was God working through them. God healing through them. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. So you, at the time of the abortion, I found it interesting that you said it wasn't a right or a wrong. It was just, this is my only option. And I, I'm glad you said that because I think sometimes as Christians, we get trapped into the choice part of it of, no, this isn't your only choice. There are other options, but a lot of women find themselves in that place mm-hmm. where they do feel that that is their only option. At the time, did you have this idea that abortion was right or wrong? Or was it just you pushed that out of your mind and said, this isn't right or wrong? Does that make sense what I'm asking? It does. And yes, it's a confusing time. It's a very confusing time. So you are actually trying to convince yourself what you're doing is your only choice. Okay. That's how that's how that works mm-hmm. in my mind. And at the time, our society was not in the pro-life you know, pro-choice mm-hmm. movement. It was abortions were happening in doctor's offices behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't as it wasn't in society. It was kind of like, it's okay. It's like having premarital sex. As long as you do it in, uh, uh, not in public, mm-hmm. it's okay. You know, it, for right. some people. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same thing. We were, it was okay to go and make that choice. Mm-hmm not even thinking about what it was you were doing. Okay. Yeah. I find oftentimes that someone like yourself will come forward and you will say, this is what I went through. This is how I felt. This was the shame that I was under. And those talking heads, maybe in the media or Hollywood, they will almost put your shame, shame you for your shame in a way and say, well, 
that is just what you've been taught. That's just the Christian part of you. That is not real. That shame is not real. And you shouldn't feel that way. When you hear stuff like that, what goes through your mind as someone who has walked this journey? So um, my first response to that is they probably have more shame in their system than they can even handle. Mm. You know, they, that's a denial in my mind okay. of, of how life really happens. Because even if it's a non-Christian issue, there's shame sometimes in, right. in your life. I mean, you ha- that's just part of our makeup. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, there are people that just look at it and go, you know what? It was just, a, it was just something you did and mm-hmm. get over it and yeah. move on. If they feel that way, they feel that way. One of the things that I um, was really helped by is most recently on my Facebook page, I started advertising what's coming up. Yeah. Uh, I also put out there if people would like to finance or fund the ministry, thank you. That would be Mm -hmm. great. I, you know, because things are expensive in ministry, as we all know. But anyway, I got some really bad hate hate, hate messages, comments. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, even people asking that the witchcraft would put spells on me and it was just really awful. So I had to take it all down and make myself uh, a private page. Well, it was pretty cool because I had somebody who does not believe in God. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not cool, but somebody who does not believe in God call me and say, Kay, what you did was not wrong. What you, they did was wrong. They're, they're not, their opinion on what you're trying to do doesn't matter. What you're trying to do is rightful and don't get let them bother you about it. Mm-hmm. So it felt good that somebody who was a non-Christian mm-hmm. said, I get what you're trying to do and go for it. Yeah. Because it's a good and righteous thing mm-hmm. that you, what you have. Mm-hmm. So for those people who are, saying just move on, get over it. You have to get through it. Mm-hmm. You have to walk through it. There's no getting over it. The shame will go away. Mm-hmm. The grace will replace it. Yeah. I like your point that they probably have a lot of shame themselves. So in order for, in a sense, to justify their shame, they're putting shame on your shame. Mm-hmm. And you see that and I know you don't want to get political, but you see that really on both sides of the political mm-hmm. aisle mm-hmm. where we're kind of telling each other when the other side does something we don't agree with, we say, get over it. Right. And we can't. We really, truly have to listen to each other and listen to what listen to other people's feelings. And the reason why I'd asked that question, I was on TikTok probably a couple of weeks ago and there was a woman who did a video and she young girl And she said, I just had an abortion a month ago and she's crying. It's visible that she's very upset. She said, everybody told me I would be just fine. Mm -hmm. Everybody told me that it would, it's, it's just a procedure. It's not a big Mm -hmm. deal. She says, why am I feeling this way? Mm -hmm. And of course you have all those comments of you, you did nothing wrong. It's, it's fine. Everything's okay. But obviously it's not. She's feeling something and what she needs is, is healing from Jesus, but Mm -hmm. you're not going to, to receive that if you don't know about that. So lead me through after the, the vision of the playground, how did you walk through 
the shame, like releasing that shame of your past? That was writing of the book. The writing. So the writing itself. The writing itself really brought to mind a lot of things that Christ was wanting me to know and wanting me to live out. The book, actually, I, as I was telling you, I said, no, I'm not going to make this public. It's good between you and I, God, and then yeah. we're good with that. But <clears throat> I was sitting out, and my husband and I were um, on our winter break, and we were just sitting there, and God said, I want you to go, and I want you to start, and I want it to start now. Mm. And so being obedient, that's what you just do. Right. So I just sat down, and within, I'm not kidding you, within the afternoon, I had the entire outline of the book, exactly what he wanted to put in there. I had the cover of the book, because I prayed, I said, what do you want me to put on the cover? And there there it was, mm-hmm. this beautiful picture of this woman with a veil coming up. Couldn't be more perfect. Right. So <clears throat> then it was just a matter of filling in. And the book is not about me. It's about my story from bits and pieces. But what I wanted this book to be was something that a woman could take and digest with her and Jesus Mm -hmm. and not just hear all about how I went through it, but how is she going to get through it? Yeah. And that's how I wrote it. And I, I love that format because it, it takes that, it takes it and puts it into perspective with just them together. So And it's not them comparing themselves to you either of, well, I didn't have it as bad as her or I have it worse than her. It's all about her and how she is supposed to get set free. And and quite frankly, I don't think this is just a book about those that are suffering post-abortion. I think it could be anybody that Mm -hmm. is going through whatever shame from whatever sin because you you outline exactly the steps that you need to take really to uh, find that forgiveness and to be set free. So if if you're listening and you've never had an abortion, but man, you've got some sin and some shame in your shame in your life. This is definitely something that you can check out beyond the hidden veil of shame. One woman's post abortion journey to settle the peaceful heart. And that is available on Amazon. Is there anywhere else that we can on my website on your website? Mm-hmm. So khallministries.com. Mm-hmm. How are you helping other women today outside of the book how are you helping other women heal well i don't know when at what point you want me to tell you that (laughs) okay so okay we'll jump ahead then because something very exciting a movie Mm -hmm. a movie about your story how the heck did that i mean you probably never imagined no never that that would happen Mm -mm. so now you have to go back and tell me how did that start Oh, my goodness. So um, I went to last year, I went to a uh, conference and they it was a conference for creatives. And so you have authors and speakers and they had a film person there. And I kind of got, you know, curious about the film thing. So I went to one of the sessions and I thought, "Hmm, that's kind of interesting. And as I walked out, one of the people um, that was at the booth there, they said, are you interested in, and would you like more information? I said, well, I wrote a book and I said, I don't know that it would be, um, you know, movie worthy or whatever. Mm -hmm. She said, well, what book? And I handed it to her and she said, oh, that's, I'll take a look at it. Well, she didn't, she was like um, a helper, Mm -hmm. you know, so she wasn't. So pretty soon 
um, Jason Campbell, who owns JC Films, walked up to me and he said, I'd like to talk to you about your book. Like same day? Same day. Okay. I said, okay. So I had to do one of these 15-minute appointment things that you do at, at these creative things. So I 15 minutes. And he sat there and didn't hardly say anything to me at all. He just listened. He just listened. And he said, uh, I'm going to think about this, and I, I'll get back to you. And I said, okay. And that was all. I thought, okay, well, that's nice. He was being polite, and, yeah, you know, just right. appeasing me. So I got a call later, two days later, and he goes, Kay, I just read through your book. I think we've got a movie here. Nice. And I'm just like, um, excuse me, you <laughs> must have the wrong K. <laughs> K Hall, H-A-L-L. <laughs> it was amazing. So to to kind of bring this together, he said to me, he said, it's like the perfect storm case that I was in Washington, D.C., and I was one of those people who held the sign up that said you were a murderer. Mm. Because when part of our conversation that day when we had a, that 15-minute appointment, and I said, you know, I said, uh, it's like going down the street in my hometown and seeing all these signs and knowing how hurtful and painful that is to myself. Yeah. And it is to all the women who are going by yeah. who don't deserve that. Mm-hmm. They don't deserve that, that harsh ridicule and condemnation. Um, so anyway, we talked about it. Um, the script was written and it's amazing how two sides will come together in this movie because it is enough. It is enough for both sides to be at such battle when we serve one Christ. When you say both sides, you mean both sides of the political aisle or both sides of pro-choice, pro-life? Is pro-choice, that what pro-life, yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I and I don't want to go down that road, mm-hmm. but in the movie, um, there's a line that Dean Cain says that just is so Superman, powerful. just Superman. so you're aware that you're listening, you have to go see the movie now because D- Dean Cain's in it. Oh, he's am- he's so good. He's just a wonderful man. Mm-hmm. But he said... God didn't send his son to condemn. He sent his son for forgiveness. Right. And nobody has the right to condemn another. Mm-hmm. So it really is um, one of the things that Jason, the posters that Jason made was both sides and across it said enough. You know, we have to start loving the women that have gone through abortion. Yes. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no other reason. There's nothing else that we need to do. Mm-hmm. We don't need to tell them what they did was wrong. Mm-hmm. We don't need to condemn them for what they did. It's not our place. Right. And Jesus has already forgiven them. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that, the reason for the, the name of the movie, which I don't know at what point you want to reveal that. No, but, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's called Casting Stones. And we moved it from Beyond the Hidden Veil of Shame to Casting Stones for a couple of reasons. One, the most important is in the middle of the night, God gave me John 8 about he is without sin, cast the first stone. And two, because it's a shorter a shorter title, they mm-hmm. wanted a shorter title. But I called Jason. I said, it's got to be Casting Stones. That's just the way, it, it's just how it feels. Because Jesus... You know, they, they, they brought this woman to the set town center and said she's an adulteress and we need to stone her according to law. And I found it so interesting that they talked about how Jesus wrote in the sand 
but they'd never say what he wrote in that sand. You know, the studies have that it was the sin of every person that was standing around there that he was writing in the sand. And as he got up and said, he is without sin, cast the first stone. And then they look down and they see that he's written their sin and they all walk away. So it's kind of the same thing. And on the other side, women who have had abortion respectfully should look at the, those who are saying it's wrong as that's, that's how God feels and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. You know, um, so it has to, there has to be that, that narrow narrowing of the gap Mm -hmm. that we have to just love on each other. Right. You know, I don't know how people feel when I say I've had an abortion. I don't know what their first reaction is. I don't know if it's, Oh, how was that? Or, Oh, you're, you're a damned woman. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know how that is. I want women to know that what they have is a God who absolutely chases after them, loves them. He's captivated by who they are. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. I know women are not going to raise their hands in church or go to the altar saying, I'm a lady of abortion. I know they won't. Mm -hmm. My prayer is that They'll pick up the book. They'll watch the movie. They'll heal with Jesus Mm -hmm. and they can be together with that. Mm -hmm. No, that's beautiful. And you're a hundred percent correct. And I have never, and this is just my opinion, but I've always cringed when I've seen the protests of, you know, the, the signs that say you're a murderer or just protesting on an abortion clinic's lawn because I'm just going, what, what is that going to change? That doesn't change someone's heart Mm -mm. that only creates more bitterness. And Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with using our platforms, quote unquote, on social media. Mm -hmm. What is it going to do? I, I know for me personally, and I don't know how you feel about this. Rarely do I ever post anything about abortion on my socials. Mm -hmm. And it's because so many people that I'm friends with Mm -hmm. or that follow me have had an abortion. And the last thing I want to do is bring shame. They know what Mm -hmm. I do for a living. They know I'm a credentialed minister. They know that I am in ministry and I want that door open Mm -hmm. for them to come to me one day. If, if they're led and say, Hey, I'm going through this, Mm -hmm. but I just feel as Christians, if we're constantly pushing the abortion narrative, And again, I'm pro-life, but if we're constantly pushing it, how much more are we pushing shame on those that have, that have done that? Yeah. I mean, is that how you feel? mm -hmm, I'm I'm just mm -hmm, guessing that mm -hmm. is how you feel when you're on socials and you see all that. Mm -hmm. I do. I, um, I, I feel at this stage of my life, I feel as though I'm an advocate for 900,000 women a year who have abortions. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's where I stand with it. I want to get up and say, listen, that's enough. I, the thing, I just want to go back to the making of the movie, which was phenomenal to be on set because I went out there and I was on set with them for the whole time. Oh, that's so cool. They... There's a character in the movie that is a very strong um, pastor, pro-life, you know, Mm -hmm. preacher. And he would say some things that were just pretty harsh. 
and he would come off the set and come right over to me. And he'd put his arm around me and he'd say, are you okay? Are you okay? Because mm-hmm. he was truly, truly wanting to say, I may believe this, but I want to believe in how you feel too with Jesus. That's great. It was, it was amazing. It was, you know, he was acting. Mm-hmm. I mean, but yet he needed to make sure I was okay on set because I was reliving everything mm. while we were going through that, you know. And then the other thing that really blessed my heart beyond getting millions of people to watch the movie is I had women coming up to me, the extras. We had like over 100 people on set. And they would come up to me and I can always tell it's the hands crossed in front of you. It's walking slowly up and looking up into my eyes and they'd go, I've never told anybody, but this is what happened. And they would, they would right there receive Christ's forgiveness and grace and redemption right there in front of me. It was like, how can this be any more of a calling? How can this be any more of a message? You know, Jesus gave me this message. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just want to make sure everybody hears it. Yeah. No, you have a story and you need to tell it. And in the movie, I mean, is there someone that plays you? And and how was that for you? I mean, yes, you you had the, the guy playing the pastor come and talk to you, but how was it to watch your life being played before your eyes? Did it just, did it bring up shame? Was it something that you had to go back and say, no, God's forgiven me? I mean, what was that to watch your life? So it's, it was more powerful to watch as we're editing because it's the story then. Mm-hmm. Being on set, I was more focused on, is this person okay? How are they doing with all of this? I was more focused outwardly than I was kind of retro going back into my own heart. So watching the movie again, um, that's where I went to my knees. And I didn't go to my knees with shame. I went to my knees with peace and joy and just beyond the realm of what I can feel of a love from Jesus. That is what I went to my knees with. I had been forgiven mm-hmm. and, and I knew it. Yeah. I knew it at that time. A lot of people ask me, where's that bridge? How do you know when you've been forgiven? How do you know that God has taken that sin from you? Well, as we all know, we accept him as our savior, but the knowing is when you feel that unbelievable love and grace and when you feel the desire to move away from that that's where you know mm-hmm. it's not it's not some lightning in the sky that comes down it's just a gentle it's here yeah i've got it and where can we see the movie so the premiere the world premiere <laughs> <laughs> is going to be at the AMC theaters and it's January 21st and you have to have tickets to get in, but the tickets are free. It's just a matter of 
so we have a count of how many people are coming. So is this AMC's across the United States or just in Traverse just City? Just in Traverse City for right now. And once that, so after January 21st, will it be available on PureFlix or so any right of the other now, streaming services? Yeah, we're in the we're in the process of determining the distribution. One place will be my website. I'll have it on my website. Um, it'll also be on JC Films website. It will um, PureFlix. We're in the the um, talking stages right now, and then there's there are hundreds of venues that platforms that this can go on. So that's all going to be determined probably in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. All right. But if someone wants to go see the movie, they can at least go to your website, khallministries.com, and they can at least watch it there. After the and 21st. And then after the 21st, mm-hmm. and we'll be praying that we're able to get it on Pure Flix and, and right. different uh, venues because you we want to make sure that that message gets mm-hmm. out. And there is, you know, the way Jesus, when he walked the earth, he didn't tell stories. He showed you the stories. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so powerful about films is when you're you're not just telling your story. You're showing people mm-hmm. your story. You're showing people what you went through. You are inviting them into your mind and your emotions and everything that happened. And that's what's so beautiful about being able to take your story and put it on film. If there's somebody listening right now that... And I'm not just talking about females. I'm even talking about males. I have talked to men who mm-hmm. are dealing with shame because their girlfriend got an abortion and they wish they could have kept that child. You know, so it's a male and a female thing. Mm-hmm. So if there is a male or a female listening and they are dealing with that shame, what would you tell them right now? Hmm. I guess the words I would use would be to say that Prayer is going to be the first place I would start. Mm -hmm. Just get quiet. Go into prayer. There are many, many um, places that you can go. I am a coach, so I'm also open to walking people through my book. Mm -hmm. I would suggest that they get the book and start there because in the beginning of the book is what I talk about is it's time to be quiet and it's time to just listen to what Jesus has to say mm. and walk through the book with them. Um, I would say that that shame that they're feeling, that heaviness that they're feeling can go away and will go away. And what they're feeling right now is the nudging of Jesus going, come on, come on. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's time for you and I to have a conversation. Mm. I don't think that people would be thinking those things about where do I go to find help or where do I go to get my answers unless Jesus is there just gently saying, hey, it's time for you. Mm-hmm. There's no, um, the only solution is Jesus, right. period. Mm-hmm. That's the only solution. People wonder what the uh, magic solution is or the magic combination. It's real simple. Mm-hmm. Just stop. Acknowledge that Jesus is here and he's saved you from your sins, that he has a life, an abundant life with him on this earth while we're here. And he has given you a purpose. Everybody has a purpose in this life Mm -hmm. to go forward as a, as a messenger, as somebody that will take 
other people into the next level. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't just sit back. This is time to make action. If you're hearing this, it's time to make action. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. We, we, that's where free will comes in. Mm -hmm. We need to be willing to choose Mm -hmm. to make that happen. Kay Hall of Kay Hall Ministries. You can find her at khallministries.com. Also Kay Hall Ministries on Facebook and Instagram. And we'll make sure that we put all of that in the show notes Mm -hmm. as well. So thank you so much, Kay, for sharing your story, being willing to be vulnerable and Mm -hmm. shed some tears because I know that there are some women out there that will need it. Mm, thank, you. thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you once again for joining us on the God Purpose Podcast. And thank you to Kay Hall for being vulnerable and sharing your story. If you find yourself in that place where you say, I am a post-aborted woman and I just need some guidance, I need some help, make sure you reach out to Kay Hall at khallministries.com. You can also find her on Facebook as well as Instagram out her book, Beyond the Hidden Veil of Shame. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify. So don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I will see you next week.